So, welcome. Uh, it's good to be back, Dave. This is our podcast number four, I guess. If uh, if that's the if we're keeping score, because yeah, I, I wish I wish our listeners could see that you're sitting across the table from me, appropriate social distancing, and you're holding a cup of coffee. Yeah. And you you kind of gave me a look, and you went, "Hi, Dave. It's good to be back." Good and to I be thought, back. Like, and like, I guess we're in 1963. Yeah, <laughs> the coffee. We should be smoking. We should right? be smoking cigarettes. It's good to be back with you and the listeners. Hey, listeners, good to be back with you. I don't know. I'd have that kind of. I kind of want to be that guy. I want to be like, it's like a late night. You're driving and the sultry sounds of Dave and Peg. FM, we're FM disc jockeys. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to the beautiful sounds of Silk FM. Welcome to our. Uh, oh, a new name! Yeah, unveiled. Right? Unveiled. To bring the, our the beautiful listenership into that process. Yeah. Um, I I had asked. I was trying to get our stuff very butcheredly onto iTunes. It wasn't turned out to be quite easy, actually. They had videos and stuff, but nonetheless. Uh, we needed some spe- very specific artwork for our podcast, and I started, said, hey, send me something according to these specs. I don't care what it is. Just send me anything. And you sent me this thing with the name Unveiled on it. And I was like, Unveiled? That's kind of cool. And you explained to me why you thought it would be a good title for our podcast. And so our podcast is now called Unveiled, Unveiled the David Pegg Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, it, it, it's like anything in any name. It feels weird at first a little bit, but then you're like, True, I yeah, guess I we, just need, we just need a name. And, I'm, and actually, now I started Googling, and, and there's other unveiled podcasts, so people will be listening to them too, but whatever. But for our, for our 30 unveiled, listeners... Unveiled, revealing the glory of Jesus Christ. Right, exactly. Everybody. There is one like that. It's super Christian, and it's super spiritual. And those kinds of words, obviously, like... You know, they they get picked up by the 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 church crowd trying to be cool. And, okay, so is this your way of saying we may change the name? Well, again? no, 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 no. It's I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see but what happens. Uh, so yeah, our our podcast is going to be called Unveiled, and it's not and going to be called Unveiled. It, it is. is un, it is now. You look it up on iTunes. It's called Unveiled. Unveiled I love the, the artwork. Yeah, it's purple great. color. Yeah, it's very good. Something to stand good out Good work. A I don't bit. know where you found that. I just found some cool yeah. thing a little bit. But some artist, some artist made. Yeah, you, it was a downloadable thing. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, ah, oh, cool. like that. Let's cool. do it. No, that. it does look cool. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Yeah, and I, you know, at the end of the day, um, the concept for me, I uh, it works for me. I, I like the idea of of deconstructing, unpacking, yeah. and yeah. revealing. It's the uh, you know the image of uh, a statue that's got a cloth on it, and you're pulling it back and revealing it in for public display and engagement. We want to do that with ideas around uh, life, health, spirituality, faith, um, how to have meaningful connections in our in our lives, and how to how to live. Uh, engaged, full lives, and I hope that our conversations help people, you know, dig a little bit deeper into some of the common cool, thoughts cool. and ideas, and so, we can uh, unveil them. Yeah, a uh, couple COVID-related kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you didn't know I was going to do this, but because we've been talking about what Run for Water is trying to do in the midst of this, you guys had a cool little thing mm-hmm. that just got yeah. completed. There's being completed today, this morning. If yeah. I understood. So, kind of give us an update on that. Yeah, you know, it's. It's. Uh, I'm really proud of our organization, Run for Water, and I. And, and it you, should be. And and it's in moments like these that you really begin to see all the work that we've done to build networks of donors, networks of sponsors, and then all the work that we've done to create networks of of engaged people on the ground in Ethiopia. So teams that we've set up, uh, trust that we've built with government agencies, and. Right. And we were able to transfer money last week quickly, uh, and uh, we put into place a COVID-19 emergency response package 
for all of the communities that we've built water systems for over the past eight, eight years. And uh, so that what does that mean? It means we were able to secure uh, in, in the capital city of Addis, we were able to get access to gloves, hand sanitizer, soap, uh, instructions about how to stay safe from COVID-19, um, how to wash your hands properly, how to social distance, how to greet without touching, all that kind of stuff in the dialects and languages in these communities. And we di we are distributing them out into these remote communities now uh, with gloves and uh, personal, personal protection for healthcare workers out there. These people would never, they would not have any access to any of this stuff uh, and this stuff would spread quite rapidly. And so we're really proud yeah, of the fact yeah. that um, for this first batch, we have about 50,000 people that we are keeping uh, secure and protected. And so uh, we got pictures from our team on the ground with the trucks distributing uh, these materials. So that's you know, pretty cool. That yeah. is so cool, Peg. What really struck me when we were, you were telling me about it earlier, you said, here's the value of having done all the hard work, putting infrastructure mm -hmm. into place. Last week, you could meet with your board yeah. and say, Hey, there's this need over in Africa right now. So that was like a week and a, yeah. like nine days ago, yeah. and then today they have it in yeah. their hands. Yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. It is amazing that, that how yeah. that system works. Yeah. So well done. It's yeah. Really, yes, very yeah, very thanks. proud it to is. be connected it's, with uh, you guys. We've worked hard to to do this, and it's it's beautiful. And by the way, if you want to uh, see Peg at his absolute <laughs> ardent best, Ernest, Ernest, you're yeah, very yeah, earnest. Yeah. I love it. He did a, a promo video for uh, for Run for Waters uh, Run Alone Together or yeah. Run Together uh, alone. alone Together Run Run Alone Together Run. Yeah, and he's just just go go on Vimeo and check out Peg's kind of uh, marketing for that. It's really good. And I just love seeing Peg. He's able to in this place. He's able to blend um, the perfect balance of like <laughs> like deep passionate conviction for something but also feeling like he deeply cares that you want to be he wants you part of this and it's authentic so yeah, I, don't, it is. I don't have a problem it, it is it is a hat I wear you're like, really and, good at that and, I, anyways I, I, I encourage you to watch and, here's a master at his craft oh, right thanks. there and I don't yeah. mean to imply this I know you're just, not no. you're being honest and sincere and I take it as that and yeah I was very in that video that 60 second video I, there was an earnestness to my tone, right? And, uh, but you did it just so perfectly yeah, because okay. because earnestness is a tricky, it's a yeah, tricky it's one. Tricky if you one. overdo earnestness, yeah. you're like a TV preacher now yeah, or yeah. something. And just be swarmy with that voice. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Hey, folks. Exactly. You know, that That's if you thing. go too far. But I mean, obviously, your spirit is authentic. You care about this, and you want people to to not only be raising money for one brother, but all that kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah, exactly. I know all of that. That's yeah. all true. Hey, yeah. one last little thing on your description. This is. Is this me being ADD, but yeah. whatever. Um, uh, distributing or distributing? Distributing. I think it's distributing. Yeah, yeah, I like distributing. You said distributing. Yeah, distributing. Distribution hub. I like that. Distribution language. is a word. Yeah. Distributing. Distribution. Distributing. Yeah. Distributing. Don't you love when you say a word too many times? Yeah, now it's going to get weird. And it's hard to even say the word. Anyways, that's that. Enough of that. Okay, so welcome to our podcast today. And so we've we've got, uh, I think, three podcasts. We're getting close to our five mark, which will get us onto Spotify. So look forward mm -hmm. to that. Um, one of the, it's Peg and I said, hey, where, where do we want to go in our conversation this week? I said, you know, I think for me personally, uh, again, what has brought me back into mm -hmm. wanting to talk again uh, with you on podcasts and whatnot. Uh, for me, uh, not all of it, but a big part of it is 
um, you know, since I came back into the therapeutic world in 2014. It's been so uh, foundational to my therapy, but also my own life, that I thought, um, we're going to be using words and concepts in terms, at least I will, a lot in this podcast. And I thought, hey, wh- why don't we kind of try to I, I understand what this what this model is and why it's such a great model for kind of society today, mm-hmm. Western mm-hmm. society today, how it can be so useful in our lives. And I know a lot of people that are listening that probably understand it pretty well. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I said, let's talk about IFS. Yeah, for, yeah I think, uh, you know, my... My goal on this one is for people to kind of have a crash course in IFS. So yeah. if you don't know anything, you've never even heard of what internal family systems is. IFS, internal family yeah. systems, yeah. That this would be a great place to start. And so we're going to kind of assume that people don't really know anything uh, about this model. And uh, I'm going to kind of deep dive with you and uh, and just really interview you as a therapist who's been using this model for quite a while. But I think, you know, my when we talked about this, I would say that... Uh, over the last year in particular, you've really honed your ability to um, kind of kind of focus uh, uh, focus on the elements of IFS that I think are that really make sense for people. And you're like, okay, let me get let me cut to the chase. Here's this model and what it is and why it's helpful for everyone. And I think my 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 starting place of this is. I want people to realize that this model is not just for therapists. Like, hey, this is a this is a podcast for therapists. No, no, we want this podcast to be for anyone um, because I think this model is, I would say, the most helpful framework for for me understanding what's going on inside of my head and inside mm-hmm. of my body. Like living a healthy life. Yeah, yeah. This, this to me, once I really began to dive into this about a year ago, two years ago, this began to be. Uh, the roadmap for me. Like, okay, this will be my life's work. That's now. a really good way of putting it, Peg. It can be a roadmap. Yeah. There, so it doesn't have to be like the main agency of healing or change or whatever. But it it's so, I, I keep telling, uh, the word I keep using here, it's so portable. Like you can yeah. take it with you and you can use it in any situ- yeah. in a situation. When I say use it in any situation, this is an internally focused model. Yeah. So I don't use it with other people. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, so it's not like... Um, how to understand your wife better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How to yeah. win friends and influence right, right. people. It's there not, might be elements of that we can get to, but... Yeah, right, but I... Internal, yeah. Um, so uh, I was involved in a ceremony uh, last year and um, with a with a real cool guy from Vancouver and in the... Kind of a hippie type. And in the ceremony... And again, just context, it's a, a therapeutic kind of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, but it was a ceremony this guy was doing yeah. in that context. And... Um, in it, he said, and I want to now honor the seven directions. And I went, oh, cool. I, I get that. And I, I quickly guessed the first four. Right. Right. So okay. north, south, east, west. So yeah. left, right, back, forth. So whatever it is, I sort of guessed that. that. But then I'd be, I, gee, I wonder what the other three directions are. And then he said, it's after he honored the four points of the compass, he then says, and now we want to uh, turn our attention to the direction downwards. And I went, oh, of course, we live in a three-dimensional world. So you're going to have the four, uh, you know, one yeah. di- two-dimensional points. We're going to have these three up and down. And, and, and sure enough, the next one is look up. And I went, okay, we've got six. What's the seventh? I was stumped. Mm-hmm. What is the seventh direction? And up, he said, down. and he goes, and of course, the seventh direction, which may be the most important direction, it's the it's the, the, look. the look inwards, yeah. inside myself. And I went, oh, very clever. Mm-hmm. And then I began to say, holy cow, that's... 
That is really important. Yeah. And and internal family systems is about the seventh direction. Mm-hmm. It's about turning inwards. And I know this this perhaps could sound kind of like a psychology, you know, therapeutic way of talking, but but working inside, in my judgment, is just as important as working outside. Dave, okay, I'm going to give a little bit of a background for how why I think this system is so important, and then we're going to dive into it. Sure, but, sure. But just, I love how you set that up, this inward journey. I would say there's no... Okay, as, as I've read in, in, in my history of philosophy and theology, the, one of the themes that keeps coming back over and over again from all of the greats, whether it's Buddha... Uh, Christ, uh, Socrates. Uh, I love the, the greats. They are the, the, greats, the greatest, greatest hits. The greatest, the greatest hits of, of human philosophy thinking. and spirituality. Yeah, right. Coming out from Jesus. India is Gandhi. Oh, we got you, Buddha. <laughs> hey, coming from the Middle East. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> High fives. <laughs> Uh, anyways, <laughs> and from the Greek corner, we we're going to keep going uh, with this. Okay, um, lots of yeah, yeah. Lots, they're like the so the, yeah. So anyways, New York so- Socrates uh, says uh, in in one of his dialogues, uh, he just said the most important thing is to know yourself, and yes, and he says no if there was yeah. one thing as a human being that you need to be able to do is you need to be able to do this journey of understanding who you are. What what are what are the things that's made you who you are? Not just your personality, but these these inner these inner things that you quote things, these inner things that dynamics yeah. energies. I think energy is yeah. a great word for it because events, things, all sorts of things that shape your inner life. My and, memories. Yep. Yeah. And my, so I think yeah. My processes, you know, yeah. All of these great world religions and philosophies have all started with this sense of self-knowledge as the, as the, really the starting place. I would say that IFS has been the most effective way for me to understand myself. That's crazy. And I have read a lot of stuff and a lot of philosophy and, and religion and, and these kinds of things. This gave, has given me a template for now to go back and reread these thinkers with an internal family systems model. And it's reveal, It's just revealing yeah. so much about my, myself. So I mean, how about, I'm, I'm loving it. I love the, you know, there's a story in, uh, in the Bible where um, Jesus is being confronted by the lawyers. So these are the folks that are expert in the Torah and the law and how to live out the law. And trying to trick him, they said, well, what's the most important thing? And, you know, I just love the response was, you know what the most important thing is. But, and and what, he, what he said next is considered, um, for Christians anyways, the, there's a word for it, Peggy Price, like the Mishnah or something. It's, a, it's that saying that he says in response is considered the core of our mm-hmm. entire faith. Mm-hmm. And he says, it is this, to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, I will, I'm going to reduce the entire Torah down mm-hmm. to, this, to this one thing. This is the most basic element of, yeah. of healthy humanity. Life, yeah. This love, is what thriving is. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself, and yeah. without that, let's let's not deal with that first yeah, clause. Right, right. But that second one, which is, I just think, what a remarkably brilliant and succinct way of kind of reducing our entire therapeutic life model down. Mm-hmm. Which is the way that I love myself, the way that I engage myself, mm-hmm. the way that I work with myself, is going to be the blueprint, the template yeah, yeah. that. I will work with other people. Yeah, and I, I think um, 
this. And yet, how rarely, honestly, yeah, Peg, we don't honestly, do that. rarely do we look inside? And I know why yeah. we don't look inside because it's a big fucking mess in there, yeah. and it scares the daylights out yeah, of me to do. Totally. It. And I think this idea of of, of self love is is yes, in the in the in the self quote self help industry. Um, that has kind of gotten it, it, it's almost got that kind of a mockable like Stuart Smalley ish right kind of, right like, so, I'm now not everyone knows who Stuart Smalley he's is he's a Saturday Night Live character in the 80s and early 90s uh, and was yeah and for those that are old enough to remember that skit he was a know. caricature <clears throat> of the inner child movement yeah right where he he was a complete mess and looked at himself in the mirror every day and says, I'm good enough, I'm, I'm strong enough, enough, smart enough, and doggone God, God, people, people like, like me. me. And yeah. he, none of that did he believe. It was just right. a just A, a mantra he's trying to do, but inside he's a mess. Right. However, so it does get mocked, this in, kind of internal yeah. uh, love. Uh, I would say it is, the, it is the most profound teaching on our planet. And, this, and, and from any, any, any world religion, any philosophy, it has to start with this sense of who you are on the inside. Hey, and I just, one comment yeah, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think for us, as we dive into IFS now, and I don't want to kind of keep talking about it without diving into it, but I, I really like to start with this concept of the tone of voice in which we speak to ourselves. And I think that's a really, I want to, get, well, we'll come back to it, but that reveals so much about uh, how we're going to treat other people, how we treat our kids, our family, sure. our, our, that, but and, what's going on and inside by the way, of the tone? You know, yeah. I, I am in no rush getting through this. This is yeah. really important. Even we take a couple podcasts to do this. I'm cool with that because yeah. it, you know, you, you and I have, have tried to declare our colors as we have evolved as thinkers and teachers and, and even trying to tie, trying to come to some kind of grasp of our own spirituality. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it look like? And in that, there are some, like, absolute core values. I don't want to say that love is the most... It might be. It's yeah. If it's not, it's, like, right there at the top. Yeah, yeah. Like, not just being a, hey, I want us to love each other. Remember we talked last time about the, the kingdom of God or the Tao mm -hmm. or, or the way, yeah. right? Yeah. That, for me, and I, I think for you as well, is, for me, the kingdom of God and... All of this it starts with um, connection and love. Mm -hmm. at the, and again, there's probably yeah. a few others in there, but I mean, it's it's right there at the top. Yeah. And and I'm guessing for most people that are interested in our podcast, one of the things they're drawn to is that's a provocative idea that that the entire cosmos works better when love is being expressed. Yeah. Okay, so when yeah. there's when there's openness and honesty and generosity, these yeah. sort of things. Okay, so that's absolutely foundational core to us. Love begins inside. Yeah, I just can't be more. Yeah, I mean, I know that we learn love and attachment through our parents. Some may say we also learn it from, uh, you know, an experience with God or whatever. Fine, those are. But if I can't make that real, genuine, mm -hmm. authentic mm -hmm. inside myself, yeah, then it doesn't matter what comes afterwards. It's going to be a wobbly wheel. Yeah. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's going to be out of balance. It's not. Your life isn't going to work mm -hmm. properly. Yeah, that's it. Because it's, it's the not, way. It's yeah, the, it is. The, the way the, it's, you gotta, you gotta swim with the current. Yeah. You gotta go with the flow, and yeah. the flow is love. Yeah. And if you can be, you can be on the outside as loving, <laughs> air quotes here, as loving as 
you can possibly be. But if you're at war inside, mm-hmm. if it's hatred and and separateness and coalitions and anxiety and, and, and well, those things those things are byproducts up. of that. Yeah. But if they are, if those are things that are happening inside, then you are not going to get there. Yeah. It's just, and yeah. that's why to me the look inward is is so important. So I'm, let me tell you my story a little bit. So um, I. I uh, left being a pastor in the late 80s um, because my life was falling apart. Um, finally, you remember that tagline for the movie Magnolia? You may be done with your past, your past but your past ain't done, done, done with you. you. So the, the collection agency of my past came calling in 1989. And I had a major depressive episode. I, I thought I was losing my job. I didn't. I had a good employer that kept me. The, the senior pastor, Al Runge, love you, Al, mm-hmm. the last days of your life. What a mm-hmm. beautiful man you've been to my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but it became apparent to myself, to Al, to Adele, that I was not cut out to be a pastor <laughs> and I needed to change gears. And so I, I, I was able to get accepted into a graduate program, Marriage and Family Therapy down in Seattle. And one of their prereqs, one of their absolute core values of that program was we have to go for therapy for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So in the early 90s, I did my very, very first therapeutic experience. Went on for two years, life-changing, amazing, put the right uh, kind of structure into place for me to start kind of moving forward. But the next like five, six years were still pretty tough. I mean, I, I, was, I was able to not be hurting the people around me as much, which was great. But I mean, I was still really uh, experiencing lots of anxiety. For, because of my trauma, lots of depression, and and then uh, I was as a therapist, I was working with with uh, women who had uh, multiple personality disorder. We call it dissociative mm-hmm. identity now, and then I was working with a number of them, just horribly traumatized, no training, yeah. trying to figure out right how. Over your head. Well, everyone was over their yeah, head. None of us knew how to do anything. It was brand yeah. new, and um, but because I was a trained, I was trained systems thinker, family therapist. Uh, I began to wonder, this was around 97 in there somewhere, I began to wonder, um, huh, I wonder if if the principles of family therapy could work with multiple personalities. So I was mm-hmm. just kind of playing with that idea, and I read then an article in a journal, right at that time, by this guy named Richard Schwartz, who mm-hmm. 10 years earlier, exactly me. He was a marriage and family therapist, mm-hmm. that was his degree, he was, he was working with folks with multiple personality disorder, and he was trying to figure it out, and he developed this model, because it's true. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't need to develop a model, he's got it, it's called Internal Family Systems. And the next year, 1998, he, uh, he was doing a workshop in Seattle. So I went down to Seattle mm-hmm. to take his workshop. This is my first introduction, mm-hmm. and it changed my life. And now some of wow. you have heard this story, but um, I'd love to tell it. So. Uh, in I volunteered to do kind of a uh, to be the guinea pig, so to speak, and um, we did some good things. And uh, some of that I've told that story before. But the point, the story I want to tell today is, uh, he said, "I want you to do. I want you to imagine uh, all your parts together in one place." Mm-hmm. I said, "Okay." So I closed my eyes, a little deep breathing. Closed my eyes. He says, "What do you see?" What emerged was a vision in my mind of uh, an old English hostel. A, a faulty towers kind of. Kind of a faulty towers. towers no hotel. one knows what faulty towers is. But, 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 this, but this old English, so don't think Ramada or Hyatt, right? We are, think... Um, like <laughs> an inn. An inn. An yeah. inn is a good thing. And it was large enough to contain a number of uh, characters in the lobby. And I was at one far end, and I was looking 
across the lobby and it was kind of L-shaped. And on the far end, farthest away from me is that kind of the area where you would check in new guests, I guess. It was just this old table kind of thing. And uh, in the lobby were all these, for lack of a better word, characters hmm. who were my parts. And they were, they were mostly young or, or adolescent. Um, they were all in their own little space, uh, and if you could, you could, it kind of felt, violent is not the right word, they weren't violent, but it, there was a lot of hatred. Mm. Like, you could just feel that the, the, the emotional tone was not, the, the, it was, it, it was, yeah, it was like yeah. a bad, like, mm. you've walked in the middle of a fight or something, and, okay. but they were all quiet, and I stood up. And I started walking across the lobby. And Peg, this was an, an imagination thing, was very real. And I felt every, all my parts, I felt their eyes were on me. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure at this point you guys say, what are you talking about parts? What, what is that? Yeah. Well, that, don't worry about it. Just that's how I experienced it. All these disparate parts, memories of myself, experiences, Little parts feelings. of your, you as a child. All that. Experiences. Yeah. They were looking at me and there was no one said a word. And I walked across this lobby and I went behind the desk and uh, I don't know, I didn't plan this, it just happened. All of a sudden I had a picture in my hand uh, and a framed picture and I, I got a hammer and nail and I put a nail and I hung this picture up and it was a framed picture of one word and that word said love. Mm. And, and then I turned around to them all and I said, um, I, I know you don't know who I am but it turns out that I'm like the adult here. <laughs> and I'm so sorry that I have abdicated my leadership of myself for so long. And, and I said, you don't have to trust me. It could take a long time for you to get that I'm the real deal. So you can be whoever you are, but I'm making my commitment to you this day that from here forward, I'm only going to deal with you in love. Mm. That's my commitment wow. to you is from me, you're going to get love. And it could take you a while. And it has taken a while. Mm. But I will say my life changed that day. Wow. I didn't, I have not had a depressive episode since that day. And while it's been a work in progress, mm. I just felt like that was a turning point in my life. And so since that day, I've been able to understand it better and operationalize mm. it better and work more specifically. And then I've had some actual healing moments, my trauma, which makes a big difference. And, um, but in when Sean died, I I kind of had to leave therapy, mm -hmm. and and so seven years went by before I resumed. Mm -hmm. This was 2014. I went back in to being a therapist again, and as I was going back in, I was saying, "Oh, what sh what should I practice? Like, what there's lots of different models, and what what should I do as I go back into the therapeutic realm?" And I was like, oh, eternal family systems. Well, what I didn't know that since I was gone in my break I took, eternal family system grew up from this very small fringy kind of thing to now the absolute most successful therapeutic model we have. So IFS <clears throat> has become now the, the, almost like the it's main- It's the gold standard. It's the gold standard for, for, of how- For complex trauma and PTSD and which in, and again, our listeners don't need to know all of this, but to say within the therapeutic world, we would say that um, the majority of our clients have traumatic injuries in their life, whether they remember it or not, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter, it's the duck, it's the duck theory. It looks like a duck, walks like a duck, yeah. sounds like a duck, you got a duck. So in that time that I took my break, internal family systems got 
popular yeah. <laughs> and got known. And now it is, like I say, it is the number one model out there. And, and, and now, because there's so many people practicing it, the data that you get oh, now is just, you get millions of people now encountering IFS therapy and beginning to internalize what this means. Yeah. And you begin to start seeing what's happening, the healing that begins to start happening uh, on it. This is a movement that's happening on our planet. And, yeah. and it's beginning to dovetail with a whole bunch of other different streams yeah. that we'll get to in, in other podcasts um, on, on, you know, on, on how this connects with, uh, with, well, with plant well, I mean, medicines. The, these yeah, other so things too, the, yeah, we will get into psychedelics as we go along, but psychedelics are being tested right now for a therapeutic use. And among them is not actually a psychedelic, but using MDMA mm -hmm. and pathogen to heal people with, with PTSD. Complex, and yeah. the, in the trials that are going on across the world right now, the clinical trials using MDMA for PTSD, the, the therapeutic model that they recommend for that work is in the family system. So it's like, it's such a great, you know, um, confirmation of not, you know, that, that this theory is actually working and it's, it's, it, it's now moving beyond kind of a theory to a map of how to understand uh, the inside. And so, yeah, Richard Swartz is, is a brilliant. I know mean, we've talked about him before as kind of a, an unassuming, bumbling kind of guy kind of when like you watch a, him. Yeah, just kind of like just a, that old teacher. Hello, I'm Richard. Well, you know, he's not he's not dynamic. No, no, and, no. but he substantial. He, he discovered something. He, he didn't create something. He discovered something. Yeah. He discovered how his genius was to recognize it when yeah, he presented it. Oh, he's himself. writing it down. Yeah. What's he observing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. In in in, a, in the same way that you know, like. You know, any any kind of good scientist looks at uh, uh, some data and saying, "How do I make sense of this?" He's discovering a system that's making sense of how to map your interior space and how to work with these parts yeah. in a healthy way to ha to live an abundant, really fulfilling life and and, right. and a, a life that it makes sense. It doesn't mean it's free of problems. It means that you can work with those parts. Right, right. That's what's so brilliant. Yeah, that you can work with. So let me give you kind of a basic understanding of internal family systems. Yeah, so what so, is IFS? Yeah, so at the very core of it is um, an idea. The, so you, you accept this idea, you don't accept the idea, but the idea is that all of us have kind of a multiplicity about us. We're not just one thing. Mm -hmm. We have many aspects to our personality, right? So it's, it's, a, it's not mm -hmm. a unified uh, a view of self, it's a multiple view of self. Mm -hmm. That we are, we are, we are one, right? We are one entity. We're one person, and and so they all do blend mm -hmm. together. But there is like so. Uh, the perhaps the best metaphor for uh, a human being is that of a, a tapestry, mm. right? Lots of different threads mm. and colors and scenes. But there's also a whole person, a unifying, a unified, yeah. you know, border. And no, we actually talk like this. Hey, party wants to see a movie tonight. Party exactly. wants to go for dinner. Part of me is a little nervous. Part, you know. We talk in those terms. We use that just in, in normal, you know, nor, nomenclature. Yeah, we use that in kind of, ah, oh, part of me wants to do that, another part of me does this. That's actually tapping into a lived experience that we all have. There yeah. are these We parts have different, different parts. And, you know, part of you drove you here today. Mm -hmm. You know, part of like was able to kind of figure out how to drive. Now, there's a, also a connectiveness among the parts. You never feel like... It's a different person doing that. That would be dissociative yeah. identity disorder. But this, so it's just a way so that that's posited in IFS as normative, mm -hmm. right? So that's normal. You're supposed to have all these kind of different aspects to who you are. Aspect is another yeah. way of thinking about parts. 
Okay? If a person grows up in a reasonably well-attached, secured home and a community, and just, I mean, sure, there's always problem. We all have, you know, memories that we have, oh, that wasn't fun and whatnot. But it, assuming they generally stay within the normal range, that you generally had enough support in your life, and that, you know, that you were able uh, each stage of the way to, to develop mastery of that stage and move on to the next stage, then your parts, how they all interact inside you are doing so in a way that really doesn't require much uh, intervention intervention or yeah intentional work because it's the 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 mix is the mix is working properly right this society is running well and so clinically we would use the word symptomatic Mm -hmm. you're not symptomatic at all you're you're able to contain everything properly and normally yeah, you had a question. Well, no, just like, and, and going back to our, well, I think my our first podcast, uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. You know, it's a we, great metaphor. You know, and I, I like it. I, it's really worked for me. And I think this idea that you, we all live in a neighborhood, and we have all sorts of people that live on our street, and those, those part, those are parts inside of us, and and in our neighborhood, we begin to realize, oh, it's not just one you know, oneself. You have all these different parts. And it's as we begin to identify who lives in your neighborhood. Who <clears throat> there's there's my five year old peg <clears throat> that used to get into trouble all the time. That's ADD. And uh, that part there lives and it's still part of my neighborhood and I have to kind of You can get that energy that. going in yeah. your life, yeah. And uh, there's other parts. And so as we begin to start mapping our neighborhood and finding out who's in our neighborhood, we begin to start working well with all of our parts and our neighbors. Yeah. So anyways, I just like that metaphor. Yeah, and, and even if you never care or interested in getting to know who are, the, who are the characters in my neighborhood or anything along those lines, which I can imagine a lot of people as just their lives are generally speaking working out fine and they don't need to. But I will say that what, what has to be true of a healthy neighborhood is you mentioned the word tone, the right tone has got to be inside, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and that's what you started with with that with your with your sign in, in your Faulty Towers Hotel. New tone. This is the tone that we're going to work with each other. I'm going to work as the leader. Yeah. You you can take whatever time parts yeah. <coughs> to get on board with this, but this is my, my thing. So, number one, we are all multiple. Number two, the strongest force of the human brain is survival. Okay, and so that goes deep into the brain's architecture. You don't really have a choice over it. This is it. reptilian brain. This is way deep into the yeah. reptilian brain. It's been around for millions of years, and the only exception to it is uh, mothers of young children automatically, without thinking about, will sacrifice themselves to save their child. That's the only exception. Beyond that, we are going to try to survive. And it's stay safe. You, yeah. yeah, stay safe. You go. Why is that important? Oh, it's really important yeah. because what the brain's going to do doesn't require your mind to come on board and mm-hmm. and agree with it. It's going most of the thing the brain does does so without our permission yeah. before we even know. So even right now, you know, your gallbladder, if you have one, is doing whatever it is the gallbladder does. The heart's with, doing what without it does. without your permission or knowledge. Yeah. It, that's. Survival is in that yeah. category of yeah. things. System it's, one thinking. Okay, so yeah. number one, we're all multiple. Number two, survival is an energy which will drive things forward as a natural response. Okay. Number three, for very young children, infants, in probably, let's say, up until about six or seven years old, that stage of life, 
our connection to our primary caregivers is the most important structure, vehicle, conduit of my survival that I, that matters. Mm-hmm. Right. That early attachment. Right. Stuff. I don't have, what I have to think about is because I can't do anything for myself. Mm-hmm. The human infant is the most dependent mm-hmm. uh, on the, the planet. Yeah. I saw a video recently of a giraffe being born. A baby giraffe pops out onto the grass and within like four hours is like walking around and kind of chewing on leaves. Yeah. Four hours later, that takes, you know, like eight years for a human <laughs> being to do. Like you saw the, I don't know if you saw the movie Lion, mm-hmm. right? Dev Patel mm-hmm. plays this little boy. He doesn't. He plays the character of a little boy who gets separated from his mother in India in the 1980s and goes on a train and ends up like in Calcutta, I think, and is 1,500 miles away and has to live on the streets of this this megatropolis as a little boy. And you realize he's four years old. You realize he's eventually going to die. He's going to die because he can't live. Without the assistance, until on his own, unless adults come in to help him. That's how dependent human infants are. So human infants, this is deep into the code of our brain. We have to think about it because we don't have like cogent thoughts when we're infants. Is just stay attached to your caregivers. They'll make sure you get fed. They will make sure you get protected. They will take all care of all things you can't take care of because you can't. So they will do it for you. So what the human brain has to do is stay connected, stay attached to the humans. That is what survival means. And if that connection, this is really important, there's a nuance here that is so important for people. If that connection is threatened, their survival in all likelihood is not threatened in real time. And I'll give stories to explain this. Their survival actually in real time is not at risk. They don't know that. At the time. At the time, they don't know it. At the time, if the connection between themselves and their caregivers is severed in a serious way, and I'll explain how that happens, then what the human brain, the brain of the human infant does is to say, this is a life-threatening event. Hmm. It encodes it that way. It encodes it that way. And like every life-threatening event, what we will call trauma, potentially life-threatening event for a human being, the brain memorizes those events and says this is like absolute dogma of the brain. Avoid these conditions in the future because we almost fucking died. Yeah, there's a moment in... And now, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm yeah. adding a narrative to a non-intelligent process that's happening in your brain. Your brain doesn't actually think those thoughts. But as we observe what the brain does, yeah. that is what the brain is doing. Is saying, oh, that event almost killed us never get that vulnerable again. Yeah, there's a there's a scene in Inside Out, uh, the great Disney Pixar movie, uh, where, you know, the this young child is playing around, da 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 da, da and uh, there's each of the memories in this, you know, in this scenario of the Inside Out. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, you know, story. That's a great movie, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's this one scene where each of the memories are these little balls, like bowling balls that roll in, and they get nicely stacked, like a neat memory, neat memory. And every now and then, a memory will pop up and it'll be quote going into long-term memory which is like this is going to reorient our entire existence for from here on forward and all it's of a sudden, game changer it's a game changer and it was like and we we want those to be all the happy ones when my family are playing hockey together and, and all of a sudden there's an event that happened where she's left out 
uh, she's she's playing or something, and something happens, and there's all the internal, you know, the joy joy that's supposed to be running it. So like, no, 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 this bowling ball has to go into this place. It can't go there, and it's like you can't control that. This ball is going into long term memory, and it will now define this, you know, this human being. You know, it, unless you work with it, this is going to happen, and so it, you know, ends up going there. Just visualizes what that looks like, and now now that gets that's stored. exactly what happens. <laughs> and so a person might say, "Oh my God." We are so vulnerable. Yeah, we yeah, are. You are. Yeah, and, you are. But happily, happily, we're pretty resilient too. And so it it it's not going to be events where, you know, you cried in your crib too long one night mm -hmm. and now you're traumatized. Nah, it probably requires a little more than that. So much so that there's a, and we'll do a whole podcast on this, by the way, but there was a guy that did a study that came known as the Adverse Childhood Experience oh, Scale, yeah, yeah, or the ACEs. Yeah. So we, I can ACE now factors, tell you yeah. that there's actually 10 categories of it, and they have three they come in three flavors. Three flavors of the kinds of events that happen in the life <coughs> of an infant, so that the infant encodes those events or series events as life-threatening, and the brain says, oh, boy, these at all costs. They are these. Abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, physical abuse, and emotional, uh, physical neglect and emotional neglect. And then five, what we'll call stressors. Too much stress. And these come in like, there's an addiction going on. In somebody's in jail. There's violence. So there's, the home structure is stress. Yeah, the, the, the atmosphere of the child's yeah. home. There's too much stress going on. And so when abuse, you, neglect, and some of these stressors these in big, the home. These big, big stressors. Yeah. So um, uh, for myself, okay, when I was really young, um, my my dad who had uh an addiction to alcohol sometimes when he was when he drank too much so it's in the 60s okay he he would be paid in cash by his employer that's how they did it back in the day he got a little cash envelope on fridays sometimes he would go to the racetrack in vancouver and gamble all that money away and come home and my mom didn't have money now to buy groceries to, buy groceries, to pay yeah. the bills to keep us alive and we would know those nights, my brother and sister and I, because my mom would be waiting up for my dad to come mm -hmm. home. And you could just feel how mad she yeah. was and frustrated, all the things you can imagine she would go through. And when he did come home, there would be a big fight. Mm -hmm. And it happened enough times with other things that I do, of my early childhood memories, which I have very few, this one I do remember being terrified. Terrified, being terrified is trauma, mm -hmm. yeah. okay? being terrified with no support. And of course, my mom and dad loved me mm. dearly. Yeah. They did. That's not just something I say. I know my mom and dad loved me dearly. If they knew that what they were doing was terrifying me, they wouldn't have done it or they would have done it somewhere else. Or, But they just didn't know. We didn't know. And, and my mom worked so hard to make sure we were comforted and loved and all that. So yay, good, had wonderful parents, wonderful parents. But you had these traumas. And I had these traumas. Yeah. So that's just an example. And the ACE study, we'll, we'll do a whole episode on the ACE study because it's just so interesting, fascinating how the study happened and what it's all about. Anyways, when that happened, what my brain did, for example, because over time, it, it can't go outside of me. Peg, it can't go to like to Walmart and and find skills for me to live. It's not like a massive role playing game where I can just you know go buy a skill and incorporate it into my life and work that way. It can only draw from within me, from the emerging, developing personality and brain of Dave Phillips. And over time, what two things my brain learned very very quickly was that 
if I could somehow uh, use myself to diffuse conflict, mm-hmm. you diffuse these fights, then I wouldn't get into they though they wouldn't happen quite like right, that. Right. And so, so I, I began to learn that if I made my dad laugh. Mm. that he was in a better mood. Mm. And when he's in a better mood, I mean, I didn't think this yeah, cogently. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like I sat course, down with you like oh, your no, Ethiopia no, no, plan. No, 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 no. I just figured it out through trial and error. Of course, you do that. But, but it did. And so, but now fast forward into my adult life. Of course, anytime there was conflict, mm. I would get anxious. Aha, now we're into real life. Mm-hmm. Right. So what is that anxiety about? It's a part of me. And I'm now going to start. There's a part of me that is locked into two and three and four year old trauma. It's still like two and three years yeah. old. It still thinks I'm a little boy. Mm-hmm. It, when conflict comes up, it takes over my brain, floods me with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And because conflict is now encoded as life threatening for me. And if it goes on too long, I could have like freakouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember after our first decade of marriage. So Adele, I've been married 10 years. I would brag to people that we never fought. Oh, you're like, oh. See, this this is See, in the, in the yeah, very yeah, limited yeah, yeah. brain of Dave Phillips. The example of this is what a healthy marriage looks like mm-hmm. is we never fight. What I'm really talking about is these are the rules of safety for Dave Phillips. Yeah. And I found a woman that wasn't going to be like really loud and mm-hmm. fighting with me because that terrified me, Peg. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's... That's like the third core of IFS. First of all, we're multiple. Second of all, the brain is going to uh, try to achieve survival when it believes you're being threatened. And number three, it does it by creating these anxious and um, angry and a very um, uh, fight or flighty kind of uh, behaviors to protect me from ever being vulnerable. Because if, if, they have, if my brain has to wait till someone's about to pull a trigger, that's way too long. You just don't get yourself into that situation. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is the, the clinical symptoms that show up to my office all the time. So just kind yeah, of- Yeah, now slow yeah, that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of the package deal. Yeah, so you know, one of the things, I'm just gonna reiterate some of these concepts because I'm, I'm still learning uh, them as, as, we, as we move along too. But um, yes, I think the first couple comments, uh, we, we are multiple, we have these internal parts, they're formed uh, early on and throughout our life as, as ways to keep us safe that we have developed uh, and, and we've, created, we've created these systems in our life and our relationships and our families uh, as a way, just they're, 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 they're best coping, coping mechanisms we've got. They're actually good. Like, I think that's a really they're, good... Yeah, they're, they're parts, trying to keep They're not just safe. good. They're parts of me. They're parts yes. of my personality. Had I never been injured... Mm-hmm. Okay, I would still be kind of a joking around guy. Yeah, it's, so it's instance, my temperament. I like so that let, about let, me. Let me let me contrast. You know your your quick story, and I'm not going to. You know today's right now is not the time to go into my story. But I don't have ace factors like you. I wasn't abused. I wasn't neglected. I didn't have a, you know attachment kind of problems. You know like the big stresses. You had a little no. bit of evangelical fear. Yes, you yeah. had to deal with the second coming. Yeah, that I was it. You Abbotsford. You're yeah, going to have to deal I with got, that. I got rapture fears. <laughs> I got end time stuff. Right. Which, I got which was God disappointed in me. There, so you had some stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So I got performance kind of anxieties, and and I got I. But here's my my thing is what I don't want people to go is oh I don't have any of those. No, I think oh I see right. You know, I I want us to make sure that we understand that 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 
IFS is not just for the people who are really, they got those traumas from when they were kids. Uh, so that's like 1% of people or whatever. No, the IFS okay, model. Way more than 1%, I, I know, but, but whatever. But I know I'm what just, you're saying. I'm okay. going to put it out there because that's right. what the average listener is going to say. There, there are people that are going to connect with your story right away and go, oh my goodness, that's my life too. I had this, this, and this, and this. Can't wait to hear it, right? There's other people that are going to go, oh, that's kind of neat. Well, that's neat for those people. And I have other things. And, I, and I'm going to say... I represent kind of the non-ace factor kind of person with a really healthy upbringing kind of stuff. And I have parts that all of us have parts that have been created that have helped me cope and figure out how to belong, how to feel safe, how to feel loved in a group, how to feel included, all these kinds of things that, that formed as I grew up as well. And it's as I understand my parts that were formed in traumatic situations as well. Uh, times that I was left out, times that I was mocked, times when that I, I didn't feel safe. Uh, that that for me, my ability to understand all of those parts as well are is still just as valuable uh, and and helpful for people. Oh, so I, I just yeah. I just want us to uh, understand. That's why I call, yeah. I, this is such a portable model. You can use it for trauma yep. for sure. You can use it just for trying to experience joy in your life today uh, because it gives you a way of recognizing what's going on inside if you don't have a way of of seeing oh that this is a part of me then it's all of you right right and now you don't have any station right now just that just that one nugget if people just take that one nugget from the hour that we've been talking so far is when you feel something, whether that's uh, you know uh, anxious or whatever, just start changing the tone to say, "Part of me feels that." Right. Part of me feels anxious in COVID nineteen. Part of me feels you know scared in in you know for my kids about this and this and this. Part of me, it just that and part of me is, is actually helpful. enjoying the time off. Yeah. Part of me is saying we my life got out of balance and this is rebalancing my life. Part of me does think that. Another part of me is scared to death. Right. It yeah. gives you now a way of letting all your experiences be there with validity. Yeah. Without totalizing it. Right. That and I am this thing. We, we get this great phrase because mm. now you can work with them. Mm. And you would say, yeah. well, wait a minute. Who's working with them? Like if you're saying these are my parts, yeah. who's working? Mm. Well, this is like the last kind of key yeah. part, internal family systems, that he says, in the midst of all this growing up, trying to be human, even if it's like hardcore, like some of my stuff, Ace Factor stuff, or just kind of everybody in the world has to yeah. deal with some shit stuff, like your yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Doesn't matter. In all of that, there's also been a self that is growing up, mm. developing inside you, within your developing human nature is this self that by the time you become an adult we can think of it as the adult self so when when richard schwartz had me visualize yeah it, it was the adult self that was the visualizing. guy that walks up to the desk and puts up right the, the thing that says love yeah right that part think of as much the healing part of you or the wise part mm-hmm. of you it's just it's that it's that natural healing agency yeah. that will that does love all your parts uh-huh. you just have to kind of unblend yeah. them a little yeah, bit yeah. but and so that's the part of you beginning to to begin what it feels like when i'm in my adult self yeah. no agenda i'm 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 open i'm not afraid mm. um and that's the part you begin to oh there he is 
There I am. Yeah. Right. To recognize that's that. the part that works with the parts. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, so so probably needs to be done for today. Zooming, zooming yeah. back in kind of summary, we have about you know five five minutes or so okay. left. Yeah. But um, you know, in summary, we we've put together. You know, we've tried to show you that there's this model called internal family systems by Richard Swartz that who discovered this as he's working with people with multiple personality disorders. Dave has kind of mapped. You've mapped through. You know how, how you kind of began to realize it in your own life. And, and began to work with it and study it. Um, I think our, our, the starting place for, for us in you know this this first podcast at least is just wrecking that people can get to the place of saying, huh, am I curious? I'm, I'm curious about IFS. And there's lots of videos on, on, on YouTube and you can look up Richard Swartz and look at readings from him. And, and he's got a great audio book where he literally will take you through parts discovery. I think it's called the greater, greater than the sum of our parts. Yeah. It's a brilliant, you know, title and it's Richard Swartz with an audio book telling you, okay, okay I, you know, I, I am constrained to give a, okay, so don't, here. don't, you don't, I don't love Richard's way of explaining it. Yeah. I, he works for a lot of people. Yeah. He's a little awkward, sleepy for me. Yeah, I don't know. He's, yeah. Or he's a little, um, uh, when I say, um, Buddhist, I don't mean I'm, I'm most of my life is Buddhist now, <laughs> but there's a, he's, I, I'm a little more action. Yeah. I like yeah. a little more energy. Yeah. So if you listen to Richard Swartz and you go, eh, not my company, that's fine. Yeah. That you don't have to like right, Richard right, Swartz right. to embrace the model. What, that's all I meant. What we're going to do in these podcasts is actually take us into it in a way that I think is going to work with, you know, for David, for you and I, and and if that works for our audience, great. We're going to try to make it make sense for people and interpret some of his. You ideas asked me for us. like months ago when we were kind of imagining coming and doing a new podcast. You one of the questions we asked each other, and you asked me is like, what do you want to do with this thing? And this is part of what I want to do is I want to do therapy with mm. people through this yeah. by teaching them internal family systems because it it. You can you can take what I've told you today and already begin seeing differences yeah. in your life. Can we get curious? And so I'm going to end with this. Can you begin to get curious and just start saying? And and the, here's the beauty of it: your your internal family system, whether you are aware of it or not, they want to be listened to. They, they are. They're, listening. they're there. They're listening right now. Right. And if you just take. 60 seconds, and I just, I ask you to do that after this podcast is over. Turn the podcast off after we sign off and say, I'm going to take 60 seconds and just be quiet and, and just ask in yourself, direction inward. start asking inside, say, hmm, do I have parts? What are my parts? And I, and, and just say, huh, ask yourself, like literally just ask yourself internally, parts, can you, can you reveal yourself to me? Can you, can you talk to me? Can you reveal yourself? I know that sounds really weird and to some people who you're like, you're talking to yourself. Folks, your internal selves, these parts, they are alive and well. And if you just stop for 60 seconds and start looking inside and asking, you're going to start finding them. I remember I had a client one time, Peg, and she said to me, uh, I don't know why I do this. Can you tell me why I do this? I went, I have no idea. But I know how you can find out. Mm. She looked at I said, just ask. Yeah. She said, what are you talking about? Now, in therapy, there's a certain protocol you yeah, have to go yeah. through. But she did just it fine. Start with curiosity. She, she did it fine. Yeah. She was able to get into good self-energy. And when she did, she goes, I said, just what's coming up? She goes, nothing's coming up. And just like Mr. Rogers in that scene, just, just wait for it. Just be open to it. And then she began to talk, not realizing she was speaking the parts 
mm-hmm. thoughts, but she was. And all of a sudden, this rationale for her previously bizarre behavior just came out. This part said, oh, I'll tell you why I do it. Yeah. Here's exactly why I do it. Wow. And she was able to hear it. Yeah. There, there, this is, uh, it, it's, an inc- it's an incredible, beautiful um, system. Uh, system, a, a way of understanding our. It's a great model. It's, it's a, a model. great model, and I, I just ask, you know, be curious, be open, and take sixty seconds and just say, "Hi, I, I, I want to start exploring this. I want to get on this journey, and uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, on the next podcast, we'll dive into, you know, how to discover your parts and what are they and so what are the things I close that with help one, I go, You got do the little inside look. Sure, I've got a, a thing that is that I'm teaching in my work in Vancouver right now, and I'll teach it to you guys real quick. Give one, us a, yeah, lo- launch just, us in a, a quick just, little exercise. Just do it tomorrow morning. Okay. Okay. So it comes out of the the exercise that people have called loving kindness uh, meditation, mm-hmm. and my loving kindness meditation is where you just you know focus love to a certain person and just like, yeah. ready to. So tomorrow morning, I want you, when you wake up as you become aware of yourself. The first thing I want you to do is just hold your entire inside world in your mind for just a brief second. So in other words, who are you going to say this to? You're going to say it inside and say this. Good morning. I love you. Do that tomorrow morning. When you wake up, become self-aware. Become aware of your you as a person and all the elements of your life. Your addictions, your secrets, those things you hate about yourself, the things you're proud of. The thing, the problems you have, the relationships that are out of control, and all of it. I want you to just look inside and say to the whole collected, "Good morning, I love you." Hmm. Love it. What okay. a what a beautiful ending, Dave. Uh, thanks. Uh, that was fun. What a what a cool conversation. I can't believe it's been an hour uh, and we're we're done. And I feel like we just we just scratched the surface. We haven't yeah, opened yeah, yeah. the book yet, really, on on what is IFS. So clearly, we're gonna have to do. A few more of these, so um, cool. uh, hopefully this was helpful, and uh, you guys. And good uh, luck on your call, kind of finishing up this Ethiopia project today. Yeah, yeah, we're the, finishing. You know. It's just starting in 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 that sense, but there's a whole bunch of stuff I got to coordinate today, and I'm I'm happy to do that, and happy to be in that position to be cool. able to help others. Cool. So, uh, yeah, so we look forward to jumping back on. We'll do another one of these. And until then, well, have a have a good one. We don't have a good outline. We, we need a we need a little end. We need a little like, We need a little end that says like. Go be great with yourself, right? Yeah, that's really cool. Anyways, okay, okay. bye. Cheers.